Welcome everybody to another episode of Grind My Gears. I'm Ashton Mdari and I'm here today with crew Joey De Los Reyes. But oh, you got the name right. Yeah, I got it right, huh? <laughs> before we get started though, head over to AshtonMdariMMA.com and pick up your gear. Support the cause. Beautiful looking stuff. I just got the muscle tees in. Gyms are opening. Show off those arms before they get jacked. So get your stuff. Use discount code Brown privilege to get yourself 10% off. Hey, with a last name like that, how did you not pick up girls in high school? <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, Dallas Reyes means of the king. So I tried to play off the, the prince thing a lot. You know what I mean? I was an immigrant from another country, and you got to come with me. I'm the prince, et cetera, et cetera. So sometimes I scored, sometimes I didn't, you know? Wow, it's, cool. it's, be it's better than my last name. <laughs> my last name is foreign as hell. People yeah. just say I'm fresh out of India. But uh, last time I saw you, we you were um, we you just had that surgery uh, with your arm. Yeah, I had reattached my my shoulder. I torn the labrum. I had a labral tear and everything, so I just reattached it. So it's all good now. Well, relatively, relatively, <laughs> I, I hide it a lot when I'm grappling. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, and, I had you know, it's funny because like when it comes to like training and stuff like that. Your weakness will always be exposed, man. Obvious, so yeah. I would do a good job of hiding it. I've had that. I did that surgery a long time ago, back uh, when I was playing football, and like it was relatively, it was successful. The only thing I noticed is that this joint, like my right shoulder, is super tight now. Yes. Which in for my jujitsu is a really good thing because I like the underhook on that side. Mm -hmm. uh, so if anybody wants to know my secrets, that's. But. Uh, <laughs> It's bad because if you get caught in a joint lock, there's yes. no there's no uh, there's no wiggle room there anymore. As a point to my left shoulder, you can wrench on that is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the right after the labrum, it's no yeah. none of none of that anymore. I but, know you've had quite a, you've had quite a few surgeries, man. You're like the million dollar man. Brown people weren't meant for professional fight. Southeast Asians, man, we're, we're kind of like, like we're the, the lowest on the gene pool. We're soft. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I, I'm, my parents are Guyanese. That's the lowest. Uh. That's the lowest. Like, if you've, <laughs> if you've ever been to Guyana, there's not, they don't even have athletic fields there because no one does that. <laughs> we're known for playing dominoes and driving Ubers. Bones, um, man. Bones. <laughs> bones, man. That's good. That's good. It's great to, uh, talk to you it's great to see you again it's nice Likewise. to know it's nice to know that you're still around uh based on all the crap that's happening uh still and, surviving man still and, surviving and like for people who don't know uh crew joey's been in the game for, i think your gym's been like around 20 years plus yeah 20 plus years i've been playing around with martial arts for about 30 plus years so yeah. we've reached in a mississauga we're really lucky to serve as a community with martial arts yeah and one of the beautiful things about you is like it's not just, uh, you know how like a lot of instructors are like a single martial art. You're uh, one of the very few that really takes that risk and dives into a whole bunch of other arts. Like I know you do a lot of jujitsu. Um, you do a lot of Cali and that Filipino like, the fighting and Krav Maga as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm lucky that I train like, uh, I love all martial arts. Like, uh, I may not like, like their applicability when it comes to real combat, but I do appreciate movement. I appreciate athletics and stuff like that. Um, so I've done like, like boxing, Muay Thai, Sabat, John Fan, Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee's martial arts, the Filipino martial arts, um, Krav Maga has been my latest like fixation. I've been doing defensive tactics for law enforcement training and I'm still currently training in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo. I picked up Judo recently. 
probably not really a good art for an old guy, but I like judo a lot. I, it's, yeah. it's been really, really cool. And I picked up judo to kind of accentuate my Muay Thai clinching to yeah. see what it could offer to me in that, uh, that respect. So I love all aspects of martial arts. I really do. Well, that's a rare thing because like nowadays, and this, I find this with certain arts, not necessarily, I don't want to pick on jujitsu because I'm a jujitsu guy, but I find there's a lot of um, ignorance towards other art. Like my, my art is better than the other one. I have a black belt. If you don't know jujitsu, you don't know, like, like there's this kind of thing not everybody i don't want to generalize it too much right, right, there's right. a few of them out there and i find it's kind of stupid because like if you look at this last weekend the ufc karate was on display with wonder boy like even, yeah. even even though he lost the fight uh that was he has like him a couple other guys in terms of karate, even conor mcgregor has a sort of karate style stance when he right. when he fights and so there's these applicabilities from these other arts that some uh, instructors kind of just throw aside because you know jujitsu came to the forefront and in martial arts and mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's unfair i mean i'm not a big fan of the whole kata and all that kind of stuff that some of the arts do but right, right. in terms of their applicability like if you can get karate footwork down taekwondo footwork down you're a very dangerous stand-up fighter right? right right yeah so like like two things are like it's karate was so respected in that particular uh, match like look at Gilbert like people were booing him because they said it was a boring match it was a boring fight and everything right? it wasn't like, I found like, it great I don't know but you and I know in a technical background it's like dude he did the right thing because do you really want to stand up long time with Wonder Boy and let him find out his timing gauge his distance and everything that would be erroneous on his behalf right so he exactly. played his cards right despite what people want to see like this all the time it's just not going to happen that way you know as a technician he did the right stuff, right? And, and you know, and even like on the ground, with Gilbert's uh, pedigree in martial arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, it was quite challenging to keep him down sometimes. So yes. it was really good to see that. And then secondly, too, Bruce Lee talks about this too. It truly is the man that makes the martial arts. It really does. And the good thing about martial arts is everyone believes their martial art is the best. Yes. You know, and like <laughs> we can see it like maybe in like, you know, in uh, UFC and maybe some street altercations which martial arts lend themselves better to competition or self-defense, right? Argumentably, right? But, like, listen, I came from old days where Koyukushin Kai karate guys, when they got their hands on you and they spar with you, it hurt. Yeah. And they're a traditional martial art, and they put a whooping on us, right? Well, Judo they did guy, a lot of bare-knuckle stuff, like a lot yeah, of the stuff bare-knuckle. So. He would make the planet his friend and slam you into the ground, right? So yeah. some of these old-school karate guys and judo practitioner guys, they're no joke, right? Yeah. They may be traditional martial arts per se, but at times it's the man that brings out the martial arts. It's it really, really exemplifies the style. The style. Yes. yes, he makes it work for him. So that's what I love about martial arts. Uh, you know, people argue what's the best martial art here and there. I truly believe it's honestly, it comes down to the man himself. Yeah. However, then, knowing that some martial arts do lend themselves with training methodologies to be fast tracked or more applicable when it comes to competition and self-defense. Yeah. It, well, and it's a good point. And like when I trained some of my clients that, and they're relatively new into um, kickboxing, boxing, and they're just getting into it. These are like professionals. They're not like martial artists. They work office jobs. They work right, right. Blue CEO, uh, white collar, white collar, white collar CEOs. They 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 want to get fit, but then they see how hard it is, and they're like, wow, this is like they're the kind of personality once they gravitate toward difficulty, right? So like, wow, that's a hard work. Let's let, I want to learn that. 
And one of the things I always tell them is I will instruct you and teach you the technical right way. But at a certain point in time, at a certain level, it's this is why it's called martial arts. I want you to be creative. So, like, I'm not going to teach you how Dominic Cruz fights because that's totally technically wrong, right? But the yeah. reason it works is because it works for his body. So you learn the technical way. You learn how to turn your punches. You learn how to torque. You learn how to throw the hook. You learn how to turn your hips on the kick. And then when you start getting comfortable and, you know, you maybe want to spar and stuff like that, then you can make it your own and make it your style. Like, you might get hit in your face once yeah. in a while, but it's – your creation, right? I give you the technical ability, the technical instruction of how to throw the punch. But like, if you look at a guy like Dominic, he's moving all over the place. It seems like he's not throwing a technical punch. It's a very technical punch, but it's just adapted to his style. So it's a, I, and, and yeah, my, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You yeah, I totally get it. It's like I get some students that watch boxers. They'll watch a boxer and they go, "He's not. He's not pivoting. He's not planted." I go, he's at that level where everything is on such a minuscule level. Yeah. You would have to really slow it down and see him pivot. You see his core contracting. You know, everything is working in unison. And he's put in that, that deep work, yeah. like, like you and I are discussing. It's that deep work. You put in so many reps and time. And you start to figure things out for yourself. Like, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a great example of this. Yeah, like, absolutely. I was doing some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu this morning, some, uh, uh, some, some leg locks and stuff like that. And the way we got into the leg locks was like really convoluted. And I go, who the hell figures out this stuff? Who the hell has time for this stuff? Like, it's not like someone's like, someone's at home, they grab their wife and go, honey, I just had an epiphany on how to get into a leg lock. Stand here over me with your legs wide apart and I'm gonna jump between your legs and stuff like that. I think that's beautiful because like, that's the deep work. And then like, when a student gets into it and they get into that deep creativity, that deep dive, yeah. sometimes that student will do something that's wrong and they teach us a new way of doing something. And I go, oh. Wait a minute, that that could actually work. That actually can work. You yeah. know, so in that case, the, the student can actually kind of like be the teacher because they actually do things wrong, so to speak. You know what I mean? Well, it's, 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 it's wrong, but it works for their body type, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we record that as data and go, ah, oh, we find another long, long, linky guy that's a left-handed person that's redhead that does this. We're gonna we're gonna use that same technique for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's pretty cool about that creativity. It's it's so pretty amazing about that's martial arts. That's why I love what we do. Yeah, but man. It's I really wanted great. I wanted to ask you, um, with all this shit that's gone on over the last what was it, eighteen months? Sixteen <laughs> months or something like that. Whatever. That, um, yeah. Shutdowns, all that stuff. Like uh, your club being such an established uh, club in in Ontario in Canada. How did you guys? do in terms of how did you manage the shutdowns how did you manage to keep your doors open coming out of this now that we're going to be opening up soon and still be able to serve your students and that martial arts community during this difficult time you know it's a really good question because like we're really fortunate we've been around for such a long time yeah. but i was reminded uh, recently warrior fight store put out a really good uh comment about this on facebook we could be, we've been around for 20 plus years. It could take one night to destroy us. In yeah, this case, yeah. it was about almost 16 months to destroy us. So in long and short, like we had depleted a lot of our funds because just to stay afloat to pay our rent because our landlord wasn't helping us one bit. Yes. That's and our, our rent is in the five figures. So we were paying that on a monthly basis. You have a huge really facility, care. right? You have yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's a 13,000 square foot facility, still to pay our utilities, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the government helped us later, 
later when all that money was gone. So when all that money was gone and then, you know, meeting with MPPs, which we'll discuss later on and voicing our concerns, they actually started to help us. But it's like, unlike what the public thinks, it was very, very small. So it was 60% of your rent before TMI. And it usually gave us a month later. It gave us the, the, the rent a month later. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing for some of my clients who also have business. Yeah. They, they would apply for it, but they would probably be on the hook for like two months rent and then they would get a big Correct. check one time. Correct. Yeah. So most schools I know would pay their rent on their line of credit or credit cards, personal credit cards, and hope that the, the government would give them that money. They would get that money, pay off their credit card line of credit. I guess the government never heard of interest, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and then we would just suffer from that. Uh, we're lucky that we're able to also apply for loans. So loans that help us out. And then we have to pay that obviously back at the end yeah. of 2022. Um, so it's been a real, real struggle. Some members still paid us, yeah. which was amazing, even though our place wasn't open. Um, that's the good faith we have in our community. But our government doesn't understand we have to give back that service. Yeah. So we, we, we took their money. We didn't offer them anything. And now that our doors are opening, we actually have to give back that service. Yeah. So we're not going to be making that money. We owe them. We bank their, their money, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were lucky that we pivoted. We were the, one of the first clubs to pivot to online training, to online teaching. Yeah. Um, but it's not for everyone. Not yeah. a lot of people like it. People want to come inside and, and be around people. Part of our mental health and mental well-being is being able to converse with someone. And be yes. around someone. You're a great coach, Ashton. Yeah. You understand this as a coach. There is a there's a time when a person comes to you for technical skills and maybe building confidence or whatever, and they begin to be your friends. Where yeah. they start now talking about their personal issues, they become part of your family. Well, all and my cli- all my clients are my friends. Yeah. Everyone I work with are my friend, and I and I when I I mean I don't do any train like uh, coaching coursing yet, but when I do, I, it's it's in the future. One of the one of the first things I ask somebody when I when I get this when I see them is how are you doing today? I ask them how work is going. Um, I almost know everything that's going on in all of their lives, and like our training session to me, sometimes I train people and I finish and I'm like shit, did we even train? Because the conversation was so good between sets and between reps or in between rounds. If we're all, if we're doing, uh, yeah. it was so good. It doesn't even seem like we were training, but we were, we were training hard. They're dead. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Jesus, that was almost, that was right, a pleasant, right, right. pleasant hour of conversation with someone. I get to catch up on their life. And exactly. Yeah. And that's, and a lot that's of people, a, like, they don't understand that. A lot of people don't understand. Like, it's not just going to the gym and looking sexy, having sexy abs and big <laughs> arms and everything. There's a whole culture that comes with it that it makes you feel really, really good. And you're developing rapport with other people who are on a common path to get better, to yeah. improve their lives. Right. And obviously, we see that physical manifestation. They look great. They look sexy, yada, yada, yada. But also, too, there's an aura of confidence and self-resilience, toughness that comes out of the gym that we need nowadays. And like I just felt that during this time, the government was doing their best to squash those ideas and to kind of like you know, destroy the morale of the general population. So like we were able to could like you know pivot to actually teach like a lot of classes online, but it was not – it was – Nothing. It it barely did nothing to support the school. So it's not. It's not the same. Like I, I did. Um, <clears throat> early on in the pandemic, I had torn my Achilles, so I had to pivot my whole. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Had to pivot my whole business to a lot of virtual training. Now I did a lot of virtual training, but I also don't give a shit. I I work hard. I have a family to support, so I was wheeling my ass to people to to my appointments, 
scooting downstairs on my butt with my crutches to still do it. But there's a big difference between the online training and in person being that it doesn't captivate the attention of some people. Yeah. Um, some people find it really like the first couple you're like, they're like, okay, whatever, but they've don't, they've, they find it boring. It's still like just working out almost on your own with someone staring at you in the screen, correcting you for some people who are more introverted and they like to stay at home and that it works out great. It's another option that from this pandemic has kind of will stay. But for the most part, what I find is unless time is a factor and convenience is a factor for some people, they don't really gravitate long term towards virtual training. It's not a great learning tool, especially for martial arts uh, and, and for fitness. It doesn't give like general fitness. It doesn't give the instructor the ability to actually like I have to rely on be like, turn your screen right in the middle of a squat. Like if you're in the middle of a squat and I need I need to if we're in person, I can go from the side to correct. see what's going on yes. with your hips or what to correct you. But if I'm yeah, on the screen. I don't fucking know. I have to ask you to turn your screen and turn your body. And even yeah. then. Move that TV to the side. Yeah. Pick up your four-year-old. Push them off to the side. You know, what's going on there? I agree, I agree with you totally. You're right, Ashton. And, and also, too, like, uh, there's a lot of small movements in martial arts that will be missed on the yes. screen. Like, that's why you see in stunt work. I train a lot of stunt guys. Example, stunt work. When you see stunt guys doing things, as you and I as technicians go, that's BS. That doesn't really work. Yeah. But the reason why it's so big and wide is so that the screen can pick up. The, the camera can pick up those wide motions. Yeah. If we did things really fast, no one would see all those small nuances, those small moves. Like, look how complicated some of the moves are in jiu-jitsu yeah. or in the Filipino martial arts. They're really small and really, like, the small nuances to it that get missed on the screen. Well, that's like why right on the now, screen you never see them parry, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. I've been... <laughs> I'm teaching like like defense on on the screen, and it's a nightmare, right? You're not getting that particular energy from the instructor. Yeah. I'm teaching uh, one of my students in Colorado, Filipino martial arts, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna swing a stick at your head. Here's a stick at your head, and I need yeah. you to block. And it's it's like it's really challenging because he's trying to block this imaginary stick in the air and do these techniques. It's not really the best scenario, and, to be honest. And it's frustrating for the instructor too. I, I can imagine like after a while too. Yeah. Like, especially if you're, if like, say you do fitness classes, um, a lot of the instructors pick up the energy from the students, like while they're doing it. So to just be staring at the screen constantly and seeing all these little blips on Zoom, different cameras, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard. Like, say you're having, let's say as an instructor, you're having one of the, like all instructors have a day where you're not particularly energetic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to convert that energy and to something positive and convey it over the screen when it you're is. having a tired day, right? Where yeah. when you're in person, you'll see your students, you'll feed off their end because they're enthusiastic. They want to train and you're just That's like, right. oh, fuck it, let's go. You know let's what go. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I agree with you. And, like, and you know your students so well, Ashton, like you walk around to the student and go, hey, John, how you doing? How's the kids? Come on, let's, let's push harder. You walk to another student. Yeah, that's, that's good technique, man. That's really good. You're really improving a lot. It's yeah. kind of hard to like do that on the screen. You're you're kind of like this going, "Hey, what's going on there, John? Like, are you are you still alive? Like, why's your screen black? Yeah, did you go to the fridge? Like, what's going on here? Right, I can't see you anymore. Yeah. But here in person, we really have that energy going back and forth, and we feed off that that energy. Yeah. Like you said, like you can come in on a low, 
and your students, like, you know, when you see your students are there, they're excited to see you. They're like, here, I'm here to like learn from Ashton. And like, that's amazing. And then you start to feed off each other. And it's really hard to convey that on the screen. It's yeah, tough. 100%. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get to is um, because you're such an OG in the community, you've been around for so long. You've uh, you're one. I, I, normally, when things are in in motion in terms of the martial arts community, you're at the forefront of the information. You're you're you're, you're an OG. Put it that way. For those who don't know, <laughs> for those who don't, OG means original gangster, right? Uh, but. Uh, I know that you've had some meetings with uh, some MPs and members of parliament and different people in the government to lobby for us to get back open, that we were safe, that martial arts studios and other businesses like us were ready and safe to be open. How did those uh, conversations go with them? Were they like open and wanting to get us back into business or was it just like, hey, the science says that you guys are danger so sorry you know like first and foremost i was really lucky that um in my community i have a lot of students and instructors who had good connections yes so they were able to um set up meetings with various mpps so i could discuss my concerns and stuff like that yeah. so i'm very th thankful for my community for allowing me to do that and for the most part the mpps i spoke to i spoke to two of them and it was an email conversation with another they were opening to listening to us um, however, I got the sense it was just a meeting to have more meetings in the future. Yeah. So there's a lot of bureaucracy and red tape and you don't really feel like you're getting anywhere at all. Yeah. It's almost like they're like having a meeting to placate you and go, yes, yes, we've heard your concerns. Thank you so much for showing up and let's move on to the next stage. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate because like I know a lot of people besides myself had put a lot of effort in their presentations towards the government. And I don't know if they spoke out a term, they would promise us that we would push our presentations up the chain of command. Okay. So I know for myself, we did a whole YouTube presentation showing the safety of our school to give an idea how we could train martial arts safely, six yeah. feet apart, on a bag, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, on YouTube, you could track how many times that video has been watched yes. and how much percentage that video has been watched. So I was promised that my video would be shown all over this board and to the finance minister and yada, 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 yada. When I actually looked at the video to look at the stats for this YouTube video, yeah. it was watched once. Once. It was watched <laughs> once at maybe 10, 15% of the video. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of how serious they would take our concerns. And we put our paperwork forward, how seriously they took it. Yeah. I was lucky to work with Waco on a small scale. I'm putting together uh, return to play protocols for the sport. So Mozamo uh, Nawaz did a Waco, the president. He did a great yeah. job of formulating a, a great team. I was, I was one of the non-PSO representatives because I have one of the largest clubs yeah. to sit on that board and to offer my opinion. Um, it was great. And I feel really bad for Waco because, again, um, they faced a lot of roadblocks. From the other martial arts community, sometimes the martial arts community doesn't want to work with each other. Yeah. It's really, really tough. We're our own worst enemy. But also, too, again, when he presented their ideas, the, the ministry seemed to be more interested in mainstream sports over combat sports. Yeah. So they're more interested in hockey, basketball, high cash flowing sports. Well, it's, it's interesting how they don't consider it. But then when you have uh, special athletes like George St. Pierre, they want to jump all over it. But then they don't want to support it in the other times. You know, you know what I mean. It's like uh, yeah, 
But like but I've had similar I've had similar experiences that you like that you just experienced. Like I'll give you an example because uh, in my area, I live at Young and Eglinton, so there's like yeah. a ridiculous amounts of construction and nonsense going on. Some people are getting hit by cement trucks and all that kind of shit. Um, okay. And we have our MPB, and I'll call him out. I fuck, fuck that guy, Josh Matler. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> and so I've had numerous conversations with his office um, and trying to just get changed because, you know, and my I have two little kids, and we have this area, this, this area is so dense with these construction, and so I have very big concern. Sometimes it, I live on a one-way street, which means in – normal world don't fucking drive the other way down the street but you have cement trucks you know driving the other way because they don't want to go the other way because there's more construction on that street and it's hard for them to make turn well i don't give a fuck if you hit my kid i'm coming after you yeah right and so these concerns i brought up and their office kind of just like you said they're like yeah great we're gonna put it up there but it ends up getting shoved to the side and he's more interested in you know this this particular guy is more interested in showing up oh, on CB24, yeah. getting his TV spots, than actually doing shit in the community. And I'll publicly call him out because I don't care, right? That's the kind of person I am, and I will do it to his face if I see him again. But he doesn't show his face anywhere because he doesn't want those conversations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you totally. Like, I remember like long time ago, uh, I got a rude awakening how politics kind of work when we're trying to legalize M- MMA, and yeah. uh, Chris Bonifoco had. Uh, visited those meetings with me, I was stunned to hear uh, the representatives from the government. So they would sit there and say, we're holding this meeting, we're going to listen to your concern, or we're probably not going to listen to you. <laughs> See, but at least this guy, like, at least this guy was like, he had that clarity to like, like, he was honest with us, but I was shocked. And like, you know what, it, it made me realize like, oh yeah, that's what this is. It's basically like, where he, he's here to show face, he's showboating and everything, here I am, da da da, I'm going to listen to you. But in all sincerity, we're probably not going to really do what you ask or even consider what you're thinking whatsoever. So, and some of the people I spoke with, like um, our MPP reps and everything, I was disconcerted to see how tied in they are with the pharmaceutical businesses. Yeah. Like they were like every day was pictures with pharmaceutical companies, this, this, and that. I'm not saying like they're tied in together, but like, you know, like to they are. Degree, they their are. interests. That's where maybe their money's getting their money's coming from. Yeah. It's really sad, right? And a lot of these things on their Instagrams and stuff like that, it's just basically to show to get more votes. They're yeah. not really concerned for us whatsoever. So it was sad to like have these discussions. I was invited for a third one. I go, listen, let's not waste each other's time. These are my concerns. I have an influence over 500 members. We'll be watching you, yada, 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 yada. So, you know, try to do the right thing, right? Yeah. But it sucks. It sucks. I don't really think they're there for the community at all. No, and, and it's and I think maybe this is a, a good opportunity for people to realize that um, your vote does matter going it does. forward. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, and I I'm guilty of this too. I'll publicly admit it. Like when I was in my teens and early twenties, I didn't give a fuck. I was yeah. just like, uh, well, whatever. Like my mom and dad, they they vote liberal. I'll vote liberal because they vote, or or I wouldn't even show up. Right. And as I get a little older, I'm not even that old, but as I get older, I'm realizing, you know what, these people, as especially as this pandemic unfolds, these people are making decisions for me and your family, your future, your kids, my future. And I don't really trust this person now. I, and, and maybe I actually voted for him. Like, 
Dougie Doug. Fuck it. I, I, I voted for him, and boy, do I regret it. But the mm. options are fucking limited, right? Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, like, these people where you're voting for, they're making decisions for you, your family, how you eat, right? And especially, yeah. like, here's what bugs me about this whole situation is they they label things essential and non-essential, right? Well, motherfucker, that's how I eat. So it's essential. Yeah. Yeah. It's essential to me. Yeah. Just because you're fat ass, I'm calling Doug for you. Your fat yeah, ass yeah. doesn't go I to the gym. You, you're, you've never been in a gym in your life, so you don't understand the the rewards and the the amount of work and effort and things that go into it to make people and communities healthy. Just because you don't understand it doesn't make it not essential. And it hurt my heart to be able to yeah. for uh, 16 months to walk around. Seeing people be able to get drugs and alcohol, I agree, and, and burgers, right? Yeah. But it was illegal to do fitness, and even like last night we were sparring, technically illegally, right? And um, we said, "Hey guys, this ne- next week this won't be illegal. We can spar in a- <laughs> we can it's spar ridiculous. in public." It's, it's it's yeah, it's totally ridiculous. We're like uh. We're the new uh, mafia. We're the new crime lords now. We're all hiding yeah. now. Everyone is hiding doing their thing now, right? It sucks. It's totally crap. Well, do you, do, this is a, like a random question. Do you think that going forward it would drive a lot of fitness businesses, like sort of speak, underground? Like do you think a lot of people will be training privately as opposed to in a uh, gym going forward? No, I think like like for sure, like I think uh, – just backtracking when I talked to the MPPs a bit, I said, you guys did a great job with demonizing and destroying our industry. Yeah. So you guys have shut us down so long and made it seem like we're the enemy that most people are, are going to be afraid to come into a fitness, any kind of fitness studio, martial arts, yoga, dance, whatever, 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 whatever kind of sport, right? Because you yeah. guys have done a great job destroying our community, even though less than 3% of COVID cases came from our particular industry, like the fitness industry. Yeah. Maybe even less than 3%, right? Uh, probably less, I would say. Yeah, probably less, right? And so you guys did a good job of doing that, destroying us, yada, yada, yada. So I think there's going to be a certain clientele, for whatever reason, are afraid to step into a martial arts academy, whatever. Yeah. I do think, though, there's going to be a new breed of people who are going to say, fuck it, I can't wait to get back into fitness and martial arts, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I think you're going to see the changes where I've seen this a lot now. Most club owners now are a little bit savvy now. And now they're going to get prepared now to prepare for other revenue streams, prepare for their future, are going to leave the country, et cetera, et cetera. So in one retrospect, it's good because um, it kind of like slaps some business owners to go, hey, you know what? You need to start taking care of yourself. Yeah. Because sometimes martial arts club owners, fitness owners, they don't realize that to a certain degree, like a fighter's lifestyle, this could be a limited time span on your body. Yeah. You, know, you need to start thinking about other revenue streams. You need to start, start thinking about this as an actual business. Yes. So I think that's the good thing that came out of this. It's like, okay, wow, I don't want to retire and eat dog food like some guys are in the States. Yeah. I need to really get my act together and think about other ways to make my school profitable if this stuff happens to me again. Yes. And it probably will happen to us again. You know, we accepted it as Canadians. Hate to say this, guys. Sorry. We're yeah. a little bit weak. You, yep. you vote and you, you settle for the government you want. I'm sorry to say that. I was born in Canada, so I could actually say that. Yeah. But you actually kind of like, you kind of like accepted it, guys. You really, really did. We're, 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 it we, weak is a kind word. We're pussies. Yeah, we're like, pussies. We just took it. We just yeah. took it, right? So for people complaining out there, look in the mirror because your actions every day 
every day support our particular government system. And I know that's a really harsh statement to say, but it's really, really true. I'm not saying yeah. you should have to like throw Molotov cocktails at the bylaw <laughs> office and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to say like, if you just accept it and cow down because the government told you and you're not willing to think for yourself, there's, there's a real problem there. And it's disconcerting to see the masses thinking like that. It really, really is. So I, uh, going back, so I'm going off on a tangent. No I think, honestly, we're going to get different people coming to the club. And they're going to be the kind of people that we want, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, too, as a business owner, you got to start thinking now, hmm, what are different ways I can make income? Yeah. Well, that, that builds, like, you pretty much covered what I was going to ask anyway, but I wanted to kind of build on that. Do you think that, like, you know, we're going into this stage three, we're going to open, and um, in my opinion, I don't think it's over yet. I think we're still at risk for further shutdowns and stuff. Um, but do you see, I know that you're in contact with a lot of other gym owners. Do you see that this, like, do you see that there, there's going to be more bankruptcies going forward? Oh, yeah. even, even though you get open, it doesn't mean that you're you're bringing in cash yet, right? So no, can we expect no. more of our, fa our our favorite clubs to, you know, unfortunately fizzle away? Is that is that what? I think you're going to see a lot of service industry related businesses shut down. Because, like, the attitude is, like, they think, like, again, I'm, like, talking to our MPPs and everything and govern, various government officials. They think they're going to open the doors and, and kabam, everyone's going to come in with loads of money and throw it at our face. Yes. It's not going to happen that way. Because, again, remember, some people are a little bit hesitant because the media and government has done a great job of putting fear into the people. So people are going to be hesitant, hesitant to walk into any kind of service industry out there. All yeah. right? Secondly, too, we don't know if people even have the money. Like some people have really logically lost their jobs. And then also too, as we move on, we're seeing that our subsidy, our help from the government is going down. Yeah. So they already been telling us they're going to start cutting out support. They're cutting out wage support, et cetera, et cetera. So what's going to happen to us? They're, we're hoping they're going to get those customers coming into our front door, which yeah. may or may not happen. We really, really don't know what's going to happen. Do I think that we're going to be shut down again? Unfortunately, I do feel that's the case. Yes, and I do feel we're going to expect more service-related industries to be affected and possibly go bankrupt. I agree with you. This is not over. And I think a lot of people have to be, I'm not going to say take their head out of their ass, but maybe that's a better, that's a good phrase to put, put no, it. But like, they're kind of like, they're kind of like, they're kind of like, oh yeah, you know what? We got 50% capacity. We have this and this and you know, we're back to normal. That's not back to normal. And no. just because they give us, they're generous to give this back to us. Yes. I don't think that fixes the situation. That doesn't give me back my 16 months. And we basically now allow the government to do whatever they want to us. Yes. So it's just a matter of time before they do it again. And we're going to sit there and accept it. I think people have to sit there and realize that we've set the trend to kind of like spiral out of control in the future. Yeah. And that, that's like when I, when this pandemic happened, I was against locking down. Like I, like I think most majority business owners are against locking down, yeah. not just the martial arts industry. And the reason the reasons why is because why we want to like see the reasons why we want to see the stats. We want to see the science, the real science behind what's going on here. Um, not when, just it, when, it, when it came out, it didn't support the lockdowns. Right. Not just cherry picking your sources, right? There's other sources out there that we could actually look at. And why, why can't we look at those sources? Right. Yeah. What's the issue here? Right. If it's that dangerous, it's that dangerous, but let's get everyone's opinions on what's going on here. Right. Yeah. Not just one source of, uh, of information. And then the challenge here is like, now that we, we trust the government, we allow them to do whatever they want, they could do this at any time. And that's my main concern. The first time I was like, ah, we'll see what we'll go along with it. As yeah. it went along, it got worse and worse and worse. 
in particular, selfishly speaking, my industry. Yeah. But it's going to set the record and set the trend for the future. And I think people should be really concerned about that. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like my, why I, people think I'm naive and, and, but if you look, they don't pay attention to the small details. Like for example, Doug Ford has the emergency powers to December 3rd, meaning right. that between now and December 3rd, if you know, cases went up to 500 back to stage two, right? So he, he, within a snap of the finger, he can change anything. And I thought it was interesting. The other day, I was doing some pads with with my head coach, uh, uh, Coach RG, and I was asking him about, you know, are you going to open when they when you know this comes to say? He said, depends on the capacity. He's like, I'm like, well, what if you run a, like an indoor and an outdoor class? He's like, I'm not doing the outdoor shit. I'm like, why not, Coach? He's like, why would I go outside when I pay rent inside? That's <laughs> true. I, I pay rent for a building <laughs> and a roof. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you're telling me that I can't use the building and the roof, so I gotta go oh, outside. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's and you know his Jamaican accent, like, yeah, 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 yeah. and and he's right, like, yeah. Until know. people wake up and realize you're paying rent for an indoor facility, but mm-hmm. the government is telling you you can only use outside. Outside's free anyway, so why the yeah. fuck am I paying rent? Yeah, yeah, Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Exactly. The lo- the logic. Uh, I think there's a big disconnect between people's logic logical thinking and what's really going on because they're you know they're obsessed with the media they're turning on media it's yeah. filling their head filling their head filling their head and critical thinking in this in this last year has, has really took a decline for lack well, of like, like, and people like chastise critical thinking too because like critical thinking like people forget about the whole idea of arguing and critical thinking yeah having an argument or a discussion of critical thinking is not really trying to make someone else agree with you that's not the case yeah. it's just presenting the ideas entirely so everyone can see exactly being transparent as to what's going on and, and you're not really trying to convince someone else that's not really necessarily what you're trying to do you're just trying to make decisions for yourself with all the information that is presented to you transparently yeah. and that's the biggest issue there that people just understand right i think like another concern too that uh some people don't don't realize is that social media has a big, big play on this. Yeah. And, and some people have forgotten, like, the stuff they say to people on social media, they would never say in the room with that person. 100%. And I'm not saying, like, like we're going to punch the guy in the face. No. But if you saw how this person was actually being affected by the possible loss of business, he can't feed his children. He can't feed his family. His, his passion, his role is going down the toilet. You would probably have a little bit more empathy and sympathy Despite what you put on the computer going, oh, you know what? You should like, you know, toe the line and trust the government, da, 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 da. Well, you know what? You should have a conversation with that person face-to-face in the same room. Yeah. And it's totally different. For example, people are saying that, oh, restaurants have curbside. You know, they, 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 they could survive. They have curbside. They'd be all right. Curbside is bullshit. Okay. <laughs> have you actually, has anyone actually spoken to a restaurant owner? Yeah. I have. Come by clients actually own restaurants. I went to do my part. I'm not a rich guy to buy food for them. And I would ask them, honestly, how much does curbside actually contribute to your bottom line? Less than 10%. Yes. Less than 10%. So when people like see these off the cuff convert, like these comments, I go, where are you getting the knowledge from? Yeah. There's like outside information, inside information, inside track. It's like you as a fighter. Yeah. Someone goes, oh, I could do what Ashton does. He's not that tough. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you come with my side of the fence and try to do what I actually do? Well, 
could have like been a, an armchair warrior and talking about it, right? It's like, it's like using critical thinking. Like if and this is what I did when like uh, if you look at a restaurant, say you serve fucking nachos all the time, like one of your big. I'm t- I'm trying to tell you right now, delivery nachos are shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> t- so yeah. so no no one's fucking ordering that from you, right? Yeah. Or like uh, take a bigger chain like the keg. Like I, the steak still probably tastes good, but I want that steak on my plate, fresh off the grill. I want to see it wiggling right off. Yeah. The, I don't want it thirty minutes later. It's not the, the same sizzle. food. The sizzle is what sells the steak. Yes, not the steak. When you hear that sizzle, when you could smell it coming from the kitchen, that's what's selling it. Exactly. Not really, the steak in front, and people forget that kind of stuff, right? If you look at you go to a restaurant, look at the experience. You sit down, you eat, and then maybe you go home. I want a beer. I don't have a coffee. I don't have a dessert. You won't have that during takeout. That's not the no. that's not the same mentality. No. So restaurants lost a lot of money. I, I really really feel for them a lot. Yes. Um, and I I think like also too there's I'm not gonna say privilege but whatever. There's some people who unless it directly affects you, you don't know. No. Honestly, you don't know. So there's some people on high it's horses. In my, it's in my family too. Like I've had these yeah. conversations where. You know, uh, I don't. I'm not gonna expose in my family who the fuck. <laughs> I, uh, they don't have anything through this whole situation that's affected them, other than the fact that they had to stay home more. Right. Like, their money was fine. Their life was fine. They just had to stay home more, and they were using Zoom. And like for example, me and my wife, I did really well in this time, not because, um. Well, because I was, I'm a grinder, right? I refuse to stop. I put myself right. in harm's way. I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, my yeah. wife's industry, she's a hair sauce, got absolutely smashed. She yeah. could, she was on mat leave. She couldn't go back to work. There's nothing to go back to right now. Yeah. Even now that they're reopened, there's nothing to go back to. So and if I didn't do so well and if I wasn't so driven and determined and going to people's houses after two days after Sorry. surgery and doing what I did, we would have been yeah. in a shit Sorry. position. We would have been starving. Mm-hmm. I have two two young kids. They have no clue what's going on, but they would have been yeah. like, you know, why, why, why aren't we have food in the cupboard, right? Yeah. And um, if I didn't do, and so put it this way, I did that, but not everybody can do that. They don't have that same accessibility, or maybe their their industry doesn't allow for that to happen. Like for for example, right, right. restaurants, you can't you right. can't you can't cheat restaurants. So yeah. there's a huge disconnect between people who weren't affected. And people who were, and there was, there are so many people who are affected, and it's almost like people don't care anymore. Oh, the jobs yeah. numbers come out, big deal, right? Exactly. And like I think, like too, like like you said, like people would always tell me, like, oh, the government's helping you, and I would actually have to write out the math for them <laughs> to explain what that looks, that help looks like. Yeah. So like there is a huge disconnect, and I think like people have to be very careful what you read on social media, you know, and what they get from the MSM and stuff like that, because. If you really want to know if it's really like, if you really care, and that's the thing, right? Are you like, do you care? Yeah. If you don't, be honest with yourself. Like, maybe you don't give a shit. And at least you're honest with yourself, right? Yeah. But if you really care what's going on with your instructor or with your favorite restaurant, go ask them. Go actually speak with them. And yeah. people forget that as a community, if you really actually care, get off your ass, call that person up and talk to them and have an educated discussion with that person and 100%. see how they're dealing with this particular situation. Because most people just don't know. They're just kind of like, they're going with the government saying like, oh, we're giving rent subsidy. We're doing this, this, and that. If yeah. you truly knew what that was and you wanted to switch places with that person, you too will be doing what we're doing, yeah. you know, doing underground ninja stuff, et cetera, et cetera, right? <laughs> yeah. So 
I think there's a really big, huge disconnect. To be honest, you know, well, there's, social there's, media there's is a real pa- social media is a real pandemic, in my opinion. I think it it's yeah. brought out, it's brought out an ugly side of a lot of people. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is, I kind of see yeah. it too. at the start of this. I'd say in the first four or five months, uh, especially within the clubs that I train at, um, I saw a lot of friction between people. Like um, stuff people were saying, like you said, they wouldn't say to me in the gym, right? But they would, and you're free to express your opinions. I don't give a shit. But it was very um, confrontational. So what I did personally was I just kind of eliminated those people off of my social media Mm -hmm. because... What was happening was every time I opened it, it became toxic, and mm-hmm. I was I was getting angry. And um, in order, for, these aren't bad people, right? They're no. not bad human beings. I've known them for so long, but because I'm seeing these opinions and we're clashing on, and 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 for most part, they were being more aggressive towards me than I to them. I di- I don't want to hate you. I don't want to dislike you. I still want to be your friend. I still want to be a good person to you. So I had to get rid of them. I'm so, taking it on the back. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> I had to get rid of them yeah, yeah. Um, off of all those extra social media and all that stuff right. in order to preserve those relationships. But I wanted to ask you is if, you know, do you think that, I know it's not just happening to me, it's happening everywhere. Do you think that will spread over into the clubs and different fitness gyms and, and still and with those opinions? Because I'm kind of seeing it right now with these vaccine passport things. Yeah, yeah. I think like, like, the most important thing to remember is like, like I think social media, you're right, Ashton, does really affect it. I'm actually going to do a talk with this with some of our younger, our, our young leaders and everything. There is empathy in social media. And there are two things that basically um, that affect us. Number one, like you said before, like you wouldn't be seeing this stuff to this person if you're actually in the same room with you. Yeah. You could just remember like communication is much more than just words. There's body language, intonation. Yeah. Stuff like that, the energy we give each other, proxemics, how close we are to each other. That stuff really matters a lot in a conversation relationship. So you would you would not see that stuff in person, right? Uh, it would be maybe a little bit different because you're having a conversation. Yes. That's a problem with social media. The second thing is, too, it's so easy to make a comment nowadays. Before yeah. a long time ago, my age, we didn't have phones. We had like, you know, like, a, like this, like a crank to like dial up and call <laughs> someone up. Yeah. Or you have to go, you have to go, yeah, have a problem with me? You have to run 10 blocks to go find that guy and beat him up or have a discussion with him. Yeah. In other words, we had time. We had time to go, hmm, let me think about this. Ashton said this thing about me. Well, did he really mean that? Before I call him up, let me think about what he said. Ashton's not really that kind of guy. Yeah. Really? He's my good friend. I'm going to walk over here, there. As I'm walking over there, I'm thinking about it, yada, yada, yada. Because it's so accessible to jump on your phone, it's like, oh, I have this opinion, da, 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 da. Yeah. And you don't really think how that's going to affect the relationship between the two of you. So I think like number one, there is like lack of empathy because we don't have the interaction face to face. And secondly, two, it's accessible and quick to make these off the cuff remarks without recognizing the repercussions or the effects it's going to have on that person. Now, what I'm trying to get to now is we forget we're not on our phone and when they're going to run into that person and we bring this stuff into interpersonal communication. You know, as well as I know, Ashton, that unfortunately it's something we strive to do with our children there is a lack of communication skills in our youth and younger people because they're always on their phones. Yes. And it's depressing to see that amongst grown men. Grown <laughs> men are doing that now. Yep. What do you think like this is the way to communicate? And heaven forbid if you run face to face with that person, they're like, I don't know how to talk to this person anymore. Yeah, yeah like I might get punched in the face. So people have to remember 
that sooner or later we're going to run into each other and we're going to have to have communication skills. Yes. People are too much on their phones and they actually forget the skill of discussing things. Also to recognizing, like, just be kind. Like, honestly, people are allowed to have different opinions than you. Yeah. Who gives a shit who's right or wrong? Yeah. He's still your friend. He's still a good person. What's well, the, the, the old phrase, agree to disagree. You know, yeah, yeah. You don't, like, you don't, like um, well, to build on what you just said is uh, one thing I have to to build on that is like um, also too when you're communicating via social media or text, I get into this argument with my wife all the time because she'll send she'll send me a message and, and I'll, I'll, send, I'll send <laughs> I'll send her a message back and then I get home and she's like you were so rude on the phone and I'm like no I wasn't rude I was just quick I had a, a second and I just yeah. and um it's you can't convey tone over text. In yeah, tone yeah. is not there. So sometimes people get offended by a period. You put a period, full stop. Well, no, I was just yeah. doing proper sentence grammar. But they're like a period, full stop. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. means like you're being aggressive. I'm like, no, yeah, you just fucking yeah. do it and press the period. That's what they taught me yeah. when I was in elementary school. You put a period at the end of the sentence, but apparently yeah. that just shows aggression. So there's no tone conveying right. online. Right, whereas I could be saying something as a joke and it's not taken as a joke and it gets taken yeah. way out of out of context. And uh-huh. I feel like that's carrying over too. And and the other thing is uh like I don't I don't know how we got to this point where if two people have a difference of opinion, we have to fight about it. Right? Um whereas I'm of the belief, like, I don't care if you, like, like, I'll use politics as an example. If you're on the right or on the left, the whole point of being in a democratic free society is you talk about it. Yeah. You have your difference of opinions. Mm-hmm. You're t- totally entitled to your way. I'm entitled to my way. If they don't meet, big fucking deal. Agree yeah. to disagree. You're still exactly. a good dude. You're still a great person. You're still yeah. a nice lady. I don't care. Let's still be friends. And that's exactly. a lot of the people I work with. They have different views than me. But I'm not going to go and try to push my views on them. I have my views. You have your views. You have exactly. different issues. Exactly. Let's talk about it. If we don't agree, big fucking deal. On your yeah. way. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think people forget that. Like when we just have discussions, we're not here to really convince the other person. We're both actually learning. Yeah. Like, okay, what's your argument? What's your what's your points and everything? What's your discussion points? These are my discussion points. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. I don't I have to think about it. I don't necessarily agree with it right now. I'm going to marinate on that idea. Maybe in the future I agree or disagree. But yeah. at the end of the day, I don't really care because I still need to like work and put food on my kid's table. I got bigger issues. Yeah, exactly. Discussions sometimes, right? So I think some people like they get like, maybe that's their whole life. Maybe they got nothing better to do. I think another thing too is like, especially during this time, this got really exasperated for a lot of people is their uh, self-talk. Yeah, And this has really been like a mental health issue before COVID, right? We all have to be conscious of our self-talk, right? And we all have this issue to certain or less degrees, right? Yeah. Oh my God, this, this guy sent me this. Does he hate me? Does he da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Yeah. And then right away, the self-talk starts to spiral to negativity. Why can't it be the opposite? Hmm, he sent me this. Maybe he's busy. Maybe it's a joke. I'm going to talk, talk with him, laugh about it, and we'll, you know, we'll have a good guffaw about it, right? People have a tendency to take something and literally blow it out of context because their self-talk is just spiraling out of control. P- pushing their own narrative for a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it could just be like, like it's just like saying like the world's against me. The whole universe is against me. That may be possible. But is it also possible the world is working for you? 
The yeah. universe is actually moving things in a way. It may not look good for you right now, but it's going to be better for you in the future. So people have to really be careful about their self-dialogue, how they're actually getting rampant with these crazy ideas and yeah. they're manifesting these scenarios in their head. It's not even that. It's yeah. just a simple text. It's a simple comment. It may be a person expressing their ideas. They're having a shit day. He's on Facebook and for lack, he's got no filter. He's saying some stuff. Yeah. I don't care. That's yeah. his opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's having a bad day. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. It's like also too, like, uh, sorry to go on. Like if someone oh, no. cuts you off on the road, someone cuts you off on the road, it's easy to go, what the hell? This guy's trying to kill me. He's trying to kill me. He knows me personally. He hates all Filipinos and is against Filipinos. He's out to destroy all Filipinos on the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it could be just like, or it could just be like, this guy just got a message from the school teacher. His daughter is sick and he's got to get to the school. Yeah. And, and you know about those situations. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't care. I don't care. As long as you're healthy and living yeah, and you're breathing. Me, it's all right. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what the reason is. It could be maybe he wants to kill all Southeast Asians or maybe <laughs> he's actually going to go like, you know, look, look after his daughter. It's a real emergency. Yeah. At the end of the day, the self-dialogue has to stop and go, I'm just going to continue driving my vehicle and get to where I can get to safely. Well, so that's, like, that's what I think a problem, people have a problem with the social media stuff. They take it too personally. Well, it's Who almost cares? like the, uh, the, the, the classic martial arts teachings. Like uh, when I started training, it was like when you walk through the door, leave everything at the fucking door. Because yeah. I can't tell – I'm sure this has happened in your club a million times where you've had a student come in. And normally on a, on a regular day, they're a model student. But then there's that one or two, three or four days where they'll come in randomly and they're just overly aggressive. They're doing going too hard with yeah. other students. And when you, you sit and actually talk to them, they just had a shitty day and you have to, you know, really exactly. emphasize to them, Hey, you know, I don't care what went on over there. I'm sympathetic to the fact that you had a shitty day, but when you walk in these doors, just let it go. Yeah. Let those little things go because they don't affect what you're doing right now. It's like, um, coach G when he used to tell me, he's like, just live in the moment. Stop. Yeah. Don't stop thinking about your future. So I think about the past. Live in the moment. If you can focus on yeah, Keaton's amazing. Yeah, yeah. If you focus on what you're doing right now, then you're good. Like that was one of the things when I, like you said, bionic man. I've had so many surgeries. Yeah, and yeah. Over, overcoming them, it's like I'll be in the gym room and I'll be like, well, what if I do that throw again and my knee pops? Well, Ashton, you're fucking healthy right now. Your ACL yeah. is intact. Your knee's intact. Stop thinking about things that haven't even happened. Yes. I'm manifesting fear in my head, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, I, you know, if the biggest thing from this this little what we just said is if you can just leave things at the door. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, even family. Sometimes I have a hard time when I come home and I have a long day and I walk through the door and I almost want to just vent right away. But I mean, like, you know, they don't care. Like my, yeah, exactly. My three-year-old doesn't care about yeah. any difficulties or whatever. She cares that daddy's home. Give her a fucking hug and kiss and be a good dude. Yeah. Like you know what yeah. I mean? And I think if we can all do that, then it's a cliche. The world would be a better place. But yeah, like there's like there's like also too like uh, you have better sanity in your own mind too. Like you can rest in peace knowing this kind of stuff, right? So like I think that's really important. And unfortunately, like the good thing about maybe COVID, if you were smart enough, you could sit down and have these uncomfortable conversations with yourself. Yeah. You could look in the mirror and go, wow. I really have negative self-talk and it's getting out of control and how can I can try to control that? The bad 
think if you're not aware of it, it could really make life miserable during these 15, 16 months of being locked down. Which it has for a lot of people. Which it has, right? Yes, it has, to be honest. Uh, one of the one, uh, this is a totally another topic, but I just want to get back to martial arts now. Like, uh, combat has been around for so long, and it's very rare to find a club that survives all these like twenty years. There's not just one or two things. You survived a whole lot of things. Starting, I, I believe you started in like a goals gym, renting space, yeah. and then and then worked your way up to here. But like to get there, you need to have something that you know. Uh, attracts people and really brings them in so like your what is like the philosophy and like the the teaching styles that have made you guys such a, a successful business not just as a business but like as a martial artist because you produce a lot of great athletes a lot of even if it's just recreational athletes great recreational and great professional like what is it that uh made you guys be in business for 20 years serving martial arts like what is that niche that you guys really put into that student that walks through your door that's a good question and thank you for the compliments by the way so like um when i first started off combat arts uh it was for selfish reasons like, <laughs> probably for a lot of people right yeah. and uh i didn't have a car i loved all martial arts so i wanted to attract all these great instructors under one roof and i wanted to like just learn from them so yeah. that's what basically the reason was like i i tracked these instructors it's from jikundo Bruce Lee's martial arts philosophy, yeah. which was basically the way I interpret Jeet Kune Do as a concept, which is modern day mixed martial arts, is I wanted to study all these different martial arts and really study them and take what works for me and add it to my personal style of fighting, the yeah. art of martial, yeah. right? And uh, so I, I attracted all these instructors to work for me and I wanted to be with them as much as possible. And at the time, right, I noticed that a lot of martial arts schools, they had sucky business sense. They're crap when it came to business. And even still, even now, some of them are really crap. There are some really good highlighted schools that I that I work with. They're amazing yeah. for business. And the reason being is because like I looked at them, I go, you know what? I don't want to learn from them. I looked at other industries. Yeah. So to be totally honest with you, Ashton, like a lot of my business sense never came from the martial arts industry. At first it came from watching other industries, fitness industries, restaurant industries, how they treated the customers, how they treated the clientele, their processes. Etc., which is really, really important. Martial arts had no processes. We just kind of like, give me money and I'm going to go spend it on a new gi. It yeah. just didn't, <laughs> didn't work for the future of the business. So yeah. I actually learned from other industries, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. All right. I never looked at the martial arts industry. So, number one was I like to learn from different martial arts. I like to learn from different industries. And then also, when it came to training my athletes, at first, I never looked at it was really hard to find good teachers in our area. It was really far apart. Now you can find almost a, almost a black belt in every corner. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily a good black belt, but a black belt everywhere. It was really hard to find experienced instructors. So I looked at other sports. I looked at how Olympic athletes trained. Yeah. And I found that when it came to martial arts, there was a lot of things lacking. And as I'm sure you could attest to this. Yes. Understood. Proper training methodology, how to train your energy systems, like, you know, how to train cardio, how to do proper weight cutting, yeah. sports psychology. Uh, how to like fix your body, body repair. It was totally lacking in the martial arts world. So yeah. I moved on to, to, to other industries. I moved on to, uh, to see what other sports had to offer. So that's what I did for myself. So I, I kind of stole from everyone else. So well, you, you totally didn't steal. You were just logical because that's how other, like if you look at big business, that's how they mm -hmm. operate. The, yeah. The people are, are like, 
one of the great things about the last two years, I, I'm, I'm heavily investing. Like, so I constantly am looking at balance sheets and yes, um, I'm looking at business models and companies that they work with and companies right. that like big companies, like, you know, for, I'll just use an example, like Walmart, who are they partnering with? And yeah, yeah. Different revenue streams that all contribute to the end result earnings. Right. Right. Uh, um, and so one, that's one of the big things that I see a disconnect in, in, in martial arts industry is, and probably what's leading to some of them going to be bankrupt is that they didn't have that business sense that yes, you're teaching martial arts. Yes, you're teaching people defense and get empowering them, but you're not empowering yourself in terms of your finances, right? Yeah, and, like there's like you've heard, you've heard of the E Myth, right, by Michael Gerber and everything. Yeah. There's a lot of great technicians out there, a lot of great martial arts instructors, but they don't know how to run a business. Yes, all right. And there's, there's two different skill sets, right? And this was a harsh thing for me to learn. I had to I learned this erroneously the hard way. Um, there's a lot of stories I can tell you about this, but it did it did take a toll on me. So, like, even if you don't know, don't know what you're doing, you have to hire someone to teach you yeah. what's going on, right? And there's no shame in that whatsoever. And I think what helped me a lot at the time and still to this day is to have a white belt mentality. I'm willing to learn. I'm not a black belt, right? So sometimes, like, if someone told me I'm an expert, that would crush me because it means, <laughs> like, I feel like, honestly, I know it sounds ridiculous to say that, yeah. like, it means, like, have I learned everything? That's, that's kind of boring. I don't. I, I still practice martial arts to this day. I did like Ashikarama. I did some like leg lock stuff. And I was like, I was like, dude, this is like really crazy stuff. I love it. Yeah. But you have to keep learning. And then there was a time when I plateaued business wise. And then I started looking at martial arts clubs who actually are successful. And I go, oh, like they kind of like have passed me. They've passed me now. And what are they doing? And I don't mind talking to them and go, hey, can I pay you, you know, for an hour of your time to figure out what's going on? You know, I don't mind paying for the, a mentor or their services to get better. So not just like if I'm going to pay someone to teach me how to choke someone out, why wouldn't I pay a mentor for business? Yes. Especially if I put, like kid, like food on my kids' plates. So like this is like one of the things I found lacking in the martial arts world. It, there was a little bit of a like a black belt ego attitude. Not just black belt for, I'm not talking about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean the black belt mentality, yes. that ego, that mindset. And for me, I was hungry to learn from everyone. I wanted to learn from different industries. I talked to different business owners. If I walked through uh, Club Monaco back in the day, and I, I saw like, like this really cool tag and how do you attach it with a, with a safety pin? I go, that's pretty cool. That's pretty innovative. I would take that home <laughs> and put it on my desk. And I look and I go, that's, that's pretty cool. I wonder if I could do something with my apparel. Yeah. When I went to Jamaica, I loved the fact that they would do their onboarding process on the bus on the way to, to the, the uh, to the place, right? right? Which I love because I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't have to wait in line for two hours to do the yeah. onboarding process. When I walked into my hotel room, the TV turned on. Welcome, Joy to Australia. You're booked for your restaurant, da-da-da-da-da. I go, man, that's so cool. I wonder how I could do that to service my members even better. Yes. Maybe yes, maybe no. But the good, th good thing is the dream. And maybe, maybe the solution that come to me later on. So, yeah. like, I think, like, as an entrepreneur, so at the time, there was no real good accessible mentors when it came to business. Yes. I read Anthony Robbins. He was my mentor. He didn't know he was my mentor. There's other <laughs> people that were my mentor, like Tim Ferriss, they were my mentors. They didn't know they were. Yeah. But I still needed to learn from someone. So, um, for lack of a better thing, I would go speak to other business owners, other coaches from other sports, Olympic athletes, and see what they were doing. They had a sports uh, psychiatrist. 
They had people that did osteo osteopathy, chiropractic care, sports training, proper sports training for athletes was yep. like giving coming in. You know, these are things that we never ever knew before, and we need to take seriously now as a martial artist and as a business owner. Yes, in other words, like when sometimes like trying to solve a problem, when, when trying to solve a problem, one thing I've learned: who has solved this problem before? Yeah, and. Sometimes it may, it may be necessary to look outside of your personal community, your personal circle of influence, and look outside even your industry at someone else who has solved this problem before. And that's what I try to do. Well, good. Well, that that's amazing. And and somebody who in the martial arts industry, we all know George Saint Pierre. If you read his yeah. book, if you read his book, he said yeah, exactly the same what thing that you said. Like what people don't realize is he's a successful fighter. He made a lot of his money fighting and competing. He's also mm. a really savvy entrepreneur and businessman because as he retired, one of the things that he mentioned in his book, he, he realized he didn't know a lot of stuff. So he started to hire to his weaknesses. He's strong yes. as a martial artist. He's strong as a, you know, a practitioner and, and being able to do all those things. But he doesn't know shit. Some of the shit he doesn't know. He spent... The last 20, 30 years of his life training, right? So he hasn't been in the business world. He hasn't, you know, been drawing up contracts for, for sponsorships. So he, in, in his book, he talks about, I have to hire to my weakness. Exactly. And, and when he says that, he doesn't mean like paying somebody on the hour and giving, he means like, hey, if I don't know anything about social media, why in the fuck would I guess and do waste hours on hours trying to guess on what works when I could just pay somebody some money? And get their expertise and expedite that process and turn a zero profit into whatever profit faster instead of sitting here toiling away, stressing out about your stuff. Like, uh, I think there's a in the business world, there's a big thing. It was it's almost like an ego, right? Where you want to just do things yourself. You're an entrepreneur. You want to do things yourself. You want to yeah. make your business successful so when people write the book about you it's like i did everything myself yeah well, newsflash fuckhead that's not how it works yeah right and social media supports that too social media really exasperates that problem because like you know you see guys grinding 24 7 i had three hours sleep but i slept with a coffee in my hand and i did this all by myself that's not reality dude you know what like to get anywhere you need a team and uh like for example i have a special board of advisors i have an sba my SBA Special Board of Advisors are guys who are better than me. They're my peers. Yes. And uh, they own like a CrossFit gym or they own a martial arts club or they're not even in my industry at all. And sometimes I'll just call them up and I go, I have this problem. And I'll just discuss the problem with them. And they just listen to my complaints, listen to my problems. And maybe they could give me some solutions, maybe not. But the good thing is like, I don't always ask people in my industry. I ask someone else looking in too, because sometimes yeah. those are my customers. Yeah. Those are my customers coming in and they're kind of like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be your customer. I would appreciate if you did this when I came in. Yes. I would appreciate if this was the process for me. And like, you know, you notice, Ashton, because you're a professional trainer, we have sometimes as a club owner, we have black belt eyes. Yeah. We think that people, not you, but people come in and they want to be like me. Yeah. They, yeah. Like I'm training twice today, like three times today. I'm training jujitsu this morning. I have a judo lesson I'm going to run into right now. And I got weights later on tonight. No, nobody wants to be me. Nobody wants to be like me, right? They want to like train three days a week, yada, yada, yada. But we make the mistake of thinking you want yeah, to be like you. Yes, and that's yes. not the case. No one wants to get on the ground and have their face punched face in. Punched and in. in. We yeah. like that. We think that's <laughs> fun, right? But because we're whatever, messed up in the head. Yeah. But 
the people that are going to help us get better in life, either financially and or as better people, yeah. those are the kind of people that we're trying to attract to come into our club. Yes. And we forget that as club owners, right, or as personal trainers or as business owners. Yeah, and one of the things I've learned to do was um, I would have my clients and I would, you know, I would program. I'd program so mm. uh, this for the next six weeks, we're doing this workout, this workout, this workout, you know, heavy. And what I realized over time was <clears throat> they didn't give a fuck. That yeah. person didn't give a shit about a program and being rigid on the training schedule. When they came to see me or I went to see them, they just wanted a good workout. They wanted a sweat. They wanted a good time. And, uh, and, and that's what it was. Right. So, uh, and you have to learn that as a trainer. Right. And yeah. And, and, and you know what too, like you're sometimes like, like, you know, you do a good job actually digging deep as to like, how's your day going and stuff like that. And you know what, like sometimes they'll come to you with a, a, the real reason why they came to you in the first place. So like if they come to you and they say like they want sexy abs or they want to know how to like, you know, learn martial arts and the real challenge for them is like self-confidence. You know yeah. what? There is an issue where they're trying to gain self-confidence and then now you can key in their training now to develop that particular character trait in them. Yeah. That's, that's really, really, really important. So like, I totally agree with you. Like, um, you know, I think like some people, they need to look outside of their black belt mentality and be willing to learn from someone else. Like we had a gentleman here who was going to the UFC. He was a really good black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, but he would never get in the ring to spar stand-up. Yeah. And he wouldn't get in the ring to spar stand-up because he, he was put on such a high pedestal, such a high pedestal. Like everyone's like, oh, you're the man. You're going to kill it in the UFC. You're amazing. Da, 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 da. And you know what? You're, you're awesome. And he just, you know, pushed him up on the pedestal and everything. He did not want to get embarrassed in the ring. He did not want to look like a beginner. So he would get in the ring and it wasn't anything serious. But sooner or later, when he would get touched up a little bit, he goes, okay, okay, okay. So now I'm going to do takedowns now. I'm going to do takedowns now. And it's like, dude, that's not, that's not really the training session. The training yeah. session, you need to work your weakness. Yes. You need to work your stand-up. But because we have this black woman mentality and ego and stuff like that, you don't really want to work on those particular areas. And unfortunately, he didn't really like last long in the UFC. Yeah. Well, that, right? there's, a, there's a ceiling to when you have that kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it does affect you. And one of the last things I want to ask you before I let you go is, um, given everything that's gone on politically and with the last 16 months, as a successful business owner in this country, has it kind of changed like the way you view like keeping your business open here and operating here? And do you see yourself like, staying in Canada over a long time, given the kind of shift that we've had in this, this landscape, like it, it, it's, it's been a weird for somebody, especially like you, like for me, my business has only been operational for a few years, but you're, like I said, you're an OG, you've been around and you've seen a lot of things like given all the changes that have happened, do you see like yourself thriving in the future? And do you see yourself even staying here? Good question. So like, um, let's backtrack pre COVID. So pre-COVID, my goal has always been to like build this company up and then to one day like, you know, pass it off to my students, my, my coaches, because we need young blood to like, you know, like, you know, they have great ideas, they have great training methodology. My hope was to turn this club over to other people. That was my idea pre-COVID. And I wanted to basically retire like six months out of the year in Costa Rica or Belize, whatever. Yeah. That's always been my dream. 
Now I want to do that faster. Like definitely, <laughs> like I like it's unfortunate. I love Canada, but I feel like it's going down the drain. And definitely, I want to leave even sooner. Like I look at your coach, uh, Chris, Chris, who's yeah. in Belize right now, and I really respect what he did. In fact, I'm trying to get on a, a call with him because I got offered a job in Belize actually, and yeah. I wanted to discuss how living in Belize is right now. So yes, like to be honest, like um, I don't really. Uh, like the landscape of Canada right now and speaking to other gym owners some of them have already picked up and moved to other countries already yeah. and I can see that actually happening right now I don't think Ontario I don't think Canada specifically Ontario is a safe place for businesses at all to be totally yeah. honest with you yeah, yeah. Uh, like at least my particular industry or any service industry secondly too pre-COVID we already saw the trends where they're trying to destroy the middle class mm -hmm. and they're trying to destroy entrepreneurs so a lot of people don't know there's a, a music tax. Yeah. So a music tax was basically like, we got to notice that saying that if you play music in your club, yeah, you're going to be taxed right. for it. Yeah. And we're like, what? And where does this money go to? And does it go to the, to the, the songwriter, the owner of the song? And no one can answer us. Yeah. You can. No one can answer this question. Right. We want to know where the money is going to. Right. Secondly to the people that were collecting the tax money wasn't an official government agency. It was a non-for-profit organization that was working with the government. Yeah. And I go, what's going on here? Yeah, so like, we got a bill. <laughs> we got a bill for $1,000 for music. one month. And they, they had the audacity to go, we're going to bill you $1,000 because according to your schedule, we checked your schedule online. Yeah. And by seeing how many classes we have, we think you play this much music in your classes. So ergo, estimated bill is $1,000 on the secret oh, proof otherwise. Gosh, and I'm like, what? You're going to get taxes $1,000 a month for music? for whatever and you can't tell us where the money's going to yeah so we got our lawyer involved and uh can you like find out what's going on here true enough it's an actual bylaw or law yeah Holy it's shit. like three pages long font number six and it's like it's like small print like three pages long it's an actual bylaw or law whatever you want to call it right, right. i was shocked yoga classes zumba classes meditation classes Everything. if you have a meditation class and you're playing music you have to pay taxes on, on that. And obviously it's got, I think it got squashed. We haven't heard anything ever since we contested it because we yeah. were like hot and heavy about it. We're like, dude, we're getting a lawyer involved. That's but enough. That's a business killer. That's a business killer. Yeah, it's ridiculous to say that, right? But we have seen trends lately where basically like before COVID where more taxation, more this and that. Middle class and business owners are getting squeezed every day. And yeah. this was basically a huge sledgehammer to us when this happened. So the long and short of it is like, I don't think businesses, our particular business, service businesses can successfully do well safely in Ontario. And I'm not surprised that people are literally picking or packing containers, packing containers and moving to other countries. I'm not surprised by it whatsoever. And we're like, for me personally, I'm heading down that path, hopefully sooner than better, but I want to leave Commodores in a good state for my future generation. Yeah. Well, it's a, I mean, that's a, I, I agree a hundred percent. And like, for example, me and my wife are considering the same. Uh, and fortunately for us, we can, the way our business is set up, we can kind of move and it, it doesn't affect us the same way it does you. But exactly. At the same time, it's hard to let go of a country that I've spent 30 years in and I love uh, you know, my wife's a little bit better because she moved to Australia when she was young and she just picked up and left. So she's like, yeah. oh, fuck it. It's a move. We'll just sell some shit and we get out of here. But yeah, yeah, for me, yeah. it's hard. Um, but I feel the same way. I think that it's going to squeeze a lot of people out of here. Yeah. And and 
the pieces are going to be left there, and unfortunately, they may not get picked up, right? I agree. Like, my respect to Chris, Chris Bonifoco and everything. I think, like, I like to pick his brain and everything, master his story and everything. He knows something we don't know. I got to watch your podcast. Yeah. And uh, I think he knows something that we don't know. And, uh, like, there's trends. Like, you know, we don't learn from history. We just don't. Like, you know what? It's just a rude awakening. It just is. And people go, uh, you know, history uh, History does repeat itself. We should learn from it. We just don't. No. And there, I think there are worse things to come, honestly, for Canada. And I'm sorry to say that. I try to watch my negative self-talk. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Like, like, as a business owner, I can tell you, like, the things that have been done to our industry and to as an entrepreneur, they're squeezed in us slowly and surely. Yeah. Well, and, and 100% I agree with you. But I want to, I'll let you go now. I want to just thank you for coming on today. Can you just let everybody know um, where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you uh, to, to train with you if they want to in Mississauga? Yeah, for sure. Well, first and foremost, Ashton, thank you for taking me on the podcast. No I love uh, talking to the young guys and everything. I think, like, honestly, sincerely, you're like the, the best younger version of ourselves, the great generation coming out. Um, guys, to do hit up Ashton and everything for training and stuff like that because. This is the new breed of guys who are coming out with the best of training. Like guys like us, we learn the hard way and we're slow to pick up to the game. But Ashton, they're the new generation of instructors. So guys, do yourself a service. Please reach out to him and train from him because he's got great stuff. Wherever he is in the world, you guys will learn from him. Uh, you guys can reach out to me, Joey Combat with a K on Instagram. It's probably the best uh, way to reach me out. Uh, I'm very accessible on social media, good or bad. So it's Joey Combat with a K. You guys can DM me anytime. If you want to train with me, yes or no. But I really, really do appreciate you allowing me to come onto your platform and express my ideas and share my philosophy with you guys. I appreciate you coming on and doing it. It's more of a privilege for me to get to learn from you because you got a wealth of knowledge. And also, to all you fucking people out there watching this shit, subscribe, <laughs> subscribe, fucking guys. You like and subscribe. Like, yeah, yeah, Christ. yeah, guys. Like, you know what? Like, this guy Ash is a grinder and everything and stuff like that. He's doing great things. I think you guys are going to really, really benefit from learning from him. I've been checking out his profile and, you know, I kind of like, you know, lurking behind to see what he's doing and stuff. I'm a lurker and everything. I learn from everyone. He's doing some great stuff. I'm hoping him and I can get together to think about some business ideas together. He teaches me some stuff too. Yes, so guys, do yourself yeah. a service, like subscribe to him and everything. Check out his stuff and do follow him on social media too, please, guys. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Thank it. You. Cop, Thank, you. Cop. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, guys.